0: Hello there everybody, welcome into Locked On Patriots for Wednesday, October 3rd, 2018. Mark Schofield slotted into the big chair on this Wednesday installment of Locked On Patriots. A loaded show for you to get a fantastic, fantastic guest to do some sort of crossover stuff with. Also we're going to talk a little news, notes, injury stuff. Re- Patriots record in October, which I couldn't believe when I first saw it. So we'll do some quick hitter stuff at the intro before we sort of dive into a fantastic conversation with a great guest to to cover the Colts for you. Before we do that, reminder to follow me on Twitter at Mark Schofield. Check out the work at places like InsideThePylon.com, Pro Football Weekly, where I engaged in some unbridled optimism about Mitchell Trubisky. You can check that out at ProFootballWeekly.com. Also, The Score... Doing my weekly scheme pieces, breakdowns, previews, stuff like that over the score, the score app. Also, Matt Waldman's rookie scouting portfolio, Big Blue View, part of the SB Nation family of websites. If they're covering football, chances are they've got me doing some work for them. Let's do some news and notes stuff at the outset. Patriots, Colts releasing some injury report type stuff. And let's start with the Colts first because this was you almost feel for them let's be honest here they they are a banged up team right now you look at guys like you know for example TY Hilton he's got the chest he's got the shoulder probably not going to be a good. Anthony Costanzo, their left tackle who couldn't go yet hasn't played yet for them this season and as a matter of fact Stephen Holder who covers the Colts for the Atlantic and Indiana he actually tweeted out their practice report yesterday saying, I'm still investigating the rumor that the Colts will carpool to Foxborough because they don't have enough available guys to fill an airplane. Here's their Tuesday practice report. Now, they just conducted a walkthrough on Monday and Tuesday. Their practice report is only an estimation of a player's participation if there was a practice. Guys that were listed as do not participate or did not participate, Jack Doyle, tight end with a hip. Safety Clayton Geathers with a knee. Tackle Denzel Good. Personal matter, though, so he should be expected to be back. Cornerback Nate Harrison with an ankle. Wide receiver T.Y. Hilton, chest and hamstring. Center Ryan Kelly with a hand. Linebacker Darius Leonard with an ankle. Cornerback Kenny Moore with a concussion. Defensive tackle Hassan Ridgeway with a calf. Kicker Adam Vinatieri with a right groin. And cornerback Quincy Wilson with a concussion. Those are all guys that they listed as... Did not participate, even though they just had a walkthrough. Limited participation. Costanzo with that hamstring. And running back Marlon Mack with a hamstring. Guys that they get back for sort of full participation, at least that designation. Tight end Eric Ebron with a knee. Safety Malik Hooker with a hip. And linebacker Anthony Walker with a knee. So that is a very banged up group. Now on the Patriots, yep, still a lot of names. But not as bad as the Colts. Three players listed as did not participate on their Tuesday practice. Rob Gronkowski with the ankle. Eric Rowe with a groin. And Adrian Waddle with an illness. Other players listed as limited participation. Adam Butler with a knee. Josh Gordon with a hamstring. Janio Grissom with an ankle. Jacob Hollister with that chest injury. Brandon Kinn with a foot injury. And Landon Roberts with a calf injury. And Danny Shelton with an elbow injury. So, you know, there are some names there, yes. But it seems like everybody on the Colts was listed on that injury report let's talk the Gronk factor just for a second spent a lot of time talking about that yesterday just wanted to touch on it again briefly because when I took a look not just at the Colts and how they're a cover two team and we're going to talk a lot about that with our guest here in a few minutes but looking around sort of the league I got Tuesdays my data really just sort of watch Games. Watch as much tape as I can from around the league. And did a lot of stuff looking at the Giants, obviously, because I do some work for, for for Big Blue View and attacking cover two. And again, the need to have sort of a tight end that you can use to attack that turkey hole that can get you into those seams against cover two, it's pivotal. Gronk is going to have to play a huge role if the Patriots are going to win this game on Thursday night. So Patriots are going to need him to go. You know, attacking cover two. The whole reason that the advent of the Tampa 2 defense came along was because teams were either doing three wide receiver looks or tad tight ends that could attack the middle of the field. Gronk could play a potential pivotal role in this game on Thursday night, so it would be huge if the Patriots have him back. Now, obviously, look, you will get Julian Edelman back. Great to see him out at Gillette. Great to see him practicing again. He can do some stuff to sort of attack the middle of the field between the safeties, do those quick juke routes, those quick banate post type routes that you can use him on seam routes to sort of stretch the linebacker vertically, sort of attack between the safeties. So Edelman can do some of that stuff, but I really think, all things considered, that's a Gronk type role. So really need to see him back. Finally, I want to mention briefly a, a stat that blew my mind, and it's the Patriots' record in October. ESPN's Diana Russini at Diana ESPN tweeted out the fact that since 2000, well, she started trick-or-tweet. Since 2000, the New England Patriots are an NFL best 57-18 in the month of October. And boom, we are into October. I know. I'm getting the Halloween decorations out. I'm going to put the orange lights up in the next couple of days here. But the Patriots are just fantastic in October. And if they're going to continue that trend, they're going to have to do it with a win on Thursday night. So I just wanted to throw that stat out there. Up next, my conversation with Matt Dainley. Matt does tremendous work over at SB Nation, the Stampede Blue website. He's also the host of SB Colts cast over there. Have a fantastic conversation queued up with Matt. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. But of course i got to mention our great new friends and sponsors at LoKi. I'm so excited to be talking to you about them, I'm so excited to have them on board here. And I just want to remind you guys, if you want a little extra swag for game day, LoKi has your back with their brand new game day collection. Now I'm not a huge jewelry guy, I'm not a huge bracelet guy, I even kind of got away from wearing the Fitbit. But I've been rocking this game day bracelet ever since I got my hands on it. It's fantastic with a fantastic mention, fantastic message. And they also support some incredible causes as well with, you know, some of the profit sharing work that they do with some various, you know, some various organizations and some various charity work. The Loki bracelet, it comes in Patriots colors. It holds water from Mount Edris, the highest place on Earth, and mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point on Earth. It's a daily reminder to keep that balance in your life between the highs and the lows. And listeners to the show know that I'm all about trying to find that stability and tranquility in the mental aspect of living day to day. So since they're friends of the show, low is offering you an exclusive discount of 25% off all game day collection bracelets. It's a fantastic deal. And it also will help them do some great work with some of the proceeds that they donate. So just use that promo code PATRIOTS25 when checking out at Boom. You can thank me later. Go to low that's L-O-K-A-I.com. And use that promo code PATRIOTS25 to take advantage of this amazing deal. Up next, my conversation with Matt Dainley from SB Nation. That's ahead on Locked On Patriots. All right, everybody. Welcome back to a Wednesday installment of the Locked On Patriots podcast. Going to do some crossover type stuff here. I'm happy. Matter of fact, I am overjoyed to be joined by the guest that I was teasing in the the first part of the show here. He is a senior writer over at Stampede Blue, part of the SB Nation uh, family of websites. He is also the host of SB Colts Cast. He is my man, Matt Danley. Matt, how are you doing, my friend?
1: Mark, I am overjoyed myself to be with you, my man. Big love fest here. It's been a it long is. time.
0: It is. I was looking at my Skype. It's been like a year since we've actually chatted. And it wasn't going to be because I remember you and I were set to record a podcast for your show mm-hmm. with the McDaniel stuff, which yeah. I know we're going to get into. And like the the very day we were going to record is when he decided no I'm not coming.
1: Right. Yeah, that was it was hot. That yeah, that he was still on his way. Up yeah. There.
0: And I remember, like, you and I were doing, like, back-to-back segments on a radio show down in, like, Australia, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's amazing it's amazing you can you can follow Matt on Twitter at M-D-A-N-E-L-Y-S-B and please 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 do Matt does tremendous work from the pod to articles to breaking stuff down he is well worth a follow and that's not just for Colts fans it's for everybody so please check out his work Matt let's get into it and obviously the big storyline sort of coming into the season was the return of Andrew Luck I've watched him I know people were worried about the arm a little bit the shoulder perhaps wondering about look he's not throwing it downfield. certainly hit a big shot to T.Y. Hilton against the Texans. What have you seen from Andrew Luck so far?
1: You know, it, Mark, I've there's been a few things. I mean, the, the, the one thing that always still sticks out to me, and, and I think I'll just hit this first only because I think that a lot of people were seeing it, but I don't know how many people actually were really watching his past years, okay? It's all those, you know, even if it's not opposite hash to boundary, it's the, it's the lateral throws, uh, you know, for lack of better words, that he always just puts far too much touch on. It's never been an arm strength issue with him. He's always thrown it the same way. It's always so aggravating, too, because, there. I mean, my wife and I went to uh, their game against the, the Ravens, and he should have had a pick six, the same pass. It was just this this hitch or a comeback to the outside, and he just floats it, and it almost hits the defender of the corner in the helmet. And, I mean, if he just turns his head, it's either an interception a pick six or it hits him in the face mask and the same things he's been doing I mean you remember the the playoff game the big comeback against the Chiefs in the in the playoffs there folks had he threw another one very first pass attempt in the second half if I'm not mistaken it was the same thing it's a it's a it's a it's some sort of an outbreaking route towards the boundary and he just floats these for some odd reason and it's always you know inside of five to ten yards that he's doing it and it's I don't think, like I said, I think that people will look at that and go, "Look at that!" arm, There's just nothing there. But that's just the way he throws that pass. It's absolutely annoying. It drives me absolutely crazy. But that's never been the. That's never been any other way that he's thrown that pass. Now, when you look at some of the ways, now naturally, and I know you know this, that a lot of what Reich does is kind of this West Coast type. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yep. it, it's, it's a mix of a bunch of things. You know, what I mean, and it's 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 really kind of this get the ball out quick, quick hitters, get some hopefully get some yak out of it. You know, that's kind of what the the offenses sort of build around. And with the, you know, the way that they've tried to structure this offensive line a little bit, they're hoping, you know, uh, all in all to keep luck healthy, you know, with his return. So in the end, it's just I think that he now look, I saw him in training camp plenty of days. I think I went to eight practices out of like ten or twelve, you know, the first twelve, I mean, and I really saw a little bit of everything you saw a couple throws that he really couldn't make at the moment and it wasn't because of arm strength necessarily it was purely accuracy issues and then you see kind of him kind of morph within just a couple days and it's like whoo that's a bullet you know and you don't really count for that and I think that people make the mistake of saying well it's just training camp but that's just his arm you know there's no real difference between game arm and that arm if he shows the strength he's got it whether he can throw that, you know, but fifty, sixty times, I don't know. But you know, he's definitely got the retic- the the necessary arm strength to do whatever he wants to do. I think that there's a little bit of a mental gap between what he wants to do, what the situation calls for, and then he, I think they're kind of oversimplifying a little bit of the offense even for him here to get him more comfortable early on in games. So there's a, a real, honestly, Mark, there's a lot that goes into it. I think. But the one thing that I never did honestly question was his arm strength once he came back and I saw some of his throws early in camp.
0: You know, Matt, you mentioned the scheme, and I think that's such an important thing to consider. It's something I talked about yesterday when I was talking about, you know, breaking down this Colts offense. They really are sort of focused, like you said, on the West Coast and get the ball out quickly. And part of that, like you said, might be a way to protect a look. And when you look at, for example, this injury report, you know, Costanzo hasn't gone yet. Joe Haig didn't go last week. This seems to be a banged up team on a very short week, which has got to be tough.
1: Yeah, it is tough. I mean, you're you're not you're looking at two guys that had started at tackle last week in La Clark and Denzel Good, and those guys. I mean, honest, they had to help on them a little bit. You know, some of the tight ends were chipping a little bit coming off, even some running backs in some of their their quick leak. You know, uh, whatever they were going to do out in the flats, it was one of the two positions that would do it. And they were; it was effective because they had to shut down Watt and Denzel Good had his hands full all day. So, getting Anthony Costanzo back at least eliminates one of those. And I don't know if they're going to have him back or not. But it's 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 been a struggle. I think that the Colts have done fairly well with what they've had to deal with. Only given up I think maybe five what no I think that was last week nine sacks I think total in the first four weeks, which you know that might be you know a third of what they normally give up. You know (laughs) by this. In the, in the season so I mean anything they can do to kind of help that a little bit Jack Doyle not being in there really hurts the run game he also hurts the pass game he's very much a utility guy within that offense and we saw last week what did luck need more than anything you know especially in the first three quarters before he really got hot was somebody to start catching the ball. They were struggling with drops. Where they had been one of the lower teams in the in the league, if I'm not mistaken, with their drops, they've been pretty good. Last week, man, drop after drop. Ebron had several. Grant had one. I think Pascal had a, a drop or two. It's really been an issue. But you look down this injury report, like you said, and there's, there's a lot of guys that the Colts really honestly can't afford to miss uh, this big game uh, in Foxborough, man.
0: You know, you do sort of talk about the, the question marks on the outside with Costanzo and Joe Haig, those guys being banged up, needing to use the tight ends to help them. A guy that doesn't seem like he needs any help is rookie guard Quinton Nelson. Matt, I was studying this Colts team over the past couple of days, and as I said on my show yesterday, just follow 57. Chances are he yeah. will lead you to the ball in the run He's, game, in the pass yep. game. He's the real deal, isn't he?
1: He's the money. That's what I call him, follow the money. Because when you watch Quentin Nelson on tape, you see where he's going, the play's going. That's, I mean, that's where the running backs are going to follow, nine times out of ten. One of the most interesting things that I – first time I'd seen it, at least uh, in this quick or early season, was this past week against the Texans, what they did is they pulled – you know, they, they've been doing these swing passes, had not been successful whatsoever. And a lot of them had been to uh, the strong side of the, field, the wide side of the field or whatever – And they've been doing this in their their run game. They'll use Quentin Nelson to pull a lot, and it's effective. And he's kicking out some defensive ends. He's getting up to the second level and getting some linebackers. This time they pulled him, and they ran the swing out to the other end of the field, and it gave Naheem Hines a little bit of space to move, whereas he hadn't had any uh, on some of those swing passes uh, that are lateral to line of scrimmage, you know. I thought that was really fun and interesting to watch because that was definitely something they have not done before. And you could tell that it, the the linebackers know to follow the money too because they were following Quentin Nelson. That's what gave Naheem Hines his little bit of extra space to get. I think he got nine yards on that play. And it, you could tell there was obvious uh, an obvious delay in the defense flowing to Naheem Hines b- versus any other play. You see that. Um, and then you watch Nelson, you know where it's going. And sometimes uh, teams are picking up on it. Other teams, you know, they're not picking up on it, and they're getting it paid for because Nelson's going to come across and he's going to lay somebody out. And if, <laughs> if there's a running back behind him, that's good news for the Colts. But their run game's kind of struggling as we speak. But it was one of those little wrinkles, I think, that we look for when we look at what Frank Wright can do with this offense with Andrew Luck under, you know, under center. And it's nice to see that he understands that the defenses are looking for that too and pulled it out of his hat to take Naheem Hines out to the other flat and, and you know, earn a first down and get a nice little chunk of yardage there.
0: You know, Matt, you mentioned Hines, and I loved him coming out. I, I looked at him as a potential sort of Deion Lewis replacement and what the Patriots lost with Lewis signing with the Titans. I got to say, I've been very impressed with what I've seen from him so far. But what have you seen from Hines? Are you as impressed as I am?
1: Yeah, I am now. Uh, I tell you, I, I was pretty worried about him come, you know, in, uh, in the preseason and uh, even in late in training camp because he was struggling bad to hang on to the ball. It was not good. And you can see kind of his struggles in the running game, but it's not just him. It's Wilkins. It's anybody else who carries the ball. They're just not getting any chunk yardage, no big plays. I think the Colts' longest rush of the season uh, from a running back has been 18 yards, if I'm not mistaken. And that's – or actually it was – yeah, it was. It was Jordan Wilkins picked up 18 yards. And that's not good. I mean, you need more of those. You need several of those. You know, and and Hines has – kind of found himself a role in this offense as more of a weapon they've tried him on some some fly sweeps they've they've used him out of the backfield they've used him out in the slot they used him on a nice wheel route you know that end up getting the honey badger this week on a nice wheel up the uh side of the field for a touchdown and they they've been using him a lot i think um i'm trying to think uh is it texas route i think it is texas route where it's a little v in there from the running backs where they'll try to you know cut out and cut back in and it's really effective and he ended up getting another touchdown on that and those are kind of a couple plays that they like to really use him on it seems it gets him uh the most momentum for his route running ability and then you know just try to get that guy in space because he's got some speed he's got wheels he's got some quick twitch to him and uh I, i i like what he presents he still worries me but he's so far he's you know, he's making me, uh, you know, a little more at ease. I think he's third on the team right now in targets, and that's saying something for a, not, a, not only a rookie but a rookie running back out of this group that doesn't have another guy anywhere near the top of the team in targets. I think Jordan Wilkins is the closest thing out of the backfield, he's only got eight on the season. So that kind of tells you what they think of Hines and his ability to be somewhat of a playmaker, at least a threat on the outside. People are going to have to start – not necessarily game planning for him, but they're gonna have to pay attention to him.
0: Hey there everybody, Mark Schofield from the Locked On Patriots podcast. And isn't it crazy just how much we pay for new brand name clothes? I've got two kids, we're constantly buying them stuff, but they just outgrow them in a few months, sometimes a few weeks. Wouldn't it be great if there was a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes? Well, great news. There is. Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Stop driving to store after store and sift it through rack after rack. It's boring. It's dusty. You hate it. I know. Easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds on Swap.com with easy to use filters to find just what you need. With Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail price on your favorite brands like Carter's, Nike, J.Crew, Gap, and more. Quality hand-inspected items are added to Swap.com daily, and if something doesn't fit, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. They have a special offer for LockedOnPatriots.com listeners. Get 35% off select items for your first order when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Plus, find new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage. Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Mark Schofield back with you now here talking with Matt Dainley from SB Coltscast as well as Stampede Blue. And we're going to dive into the Colts on the defensive side of the ball as well. as Josh McDaniel stuff. As you heard, though, check out our new friends over at Swap swap dot com, Get yourself 35% off select items with your first order with that promo code locked on. Matt, let's switch gears now talk about the defensive side of the ball. And somebody that seems to be really surprising people, not a lot of people saw this coming, is rookie linebacker Darius Leonard out of South Carolina State. He's really sort of exploded onto the scene. People have to be impressed with what he's done so far, right?
1: Yeah, he's been impressive, Mark. He's, he's done enough in coverage. Not great, but he's done enough. And he's just really a, you know, he's just a tackle monster. He's a guy who's going to eat up a ton of tackles throughout the game, and that's what he's going to be used. For. I mean, that's the typical uh, idea, I guess you want to say, out of the prototypical will here in this type of scheme. This, it, it's a, it's mostly cover two, so you're going to get a lot of flow from these linebackers, and you got him and Anthony Walker right now that are both really showing a lot of chemistry together, and I think that's helping. Leonard go along. Now, Leonard's definitely the guy who's making most of the noise, and rightly so. He's got four sacks right now, tied for the team lead, and he's done a really, I mean, he's up to almost 50, or over 50 tackles, I think he's, um, I, I, you know what, Mark, I can't remember exactly where he's at in the league, but this shows you that not only is this guy a, a rookie, a stud rookie, but he's a stud player in general, I think. He's done exactly what the Colts wanted him to be. Um, a lot of people didn't like this pick. I was not one of them. I, I was a big fan of him after I watched him for the second time, and I was actually kind of excited about bringing him coming into this system. He is prototypical. He's got the speed. He's got the awareness, and he's a, he's a solid tackler. He completes the tackle each time. He's not a guy who's just going to dive and throw an arm or a shoulder. He's a, he's a solid tackler. It may not look beautiful, but this guy's going to wrap up, and he's going to drag whoever he's got to the ground. Right now, he's standing out in this, uh, in this Colts defense most definitely. Uh, Anthony Walker, like I said, with him in there, with him, those two have, have got some sort of chemistry because Walker's good. And the one thing that these guys are really good at, Mark, and I think this will be uh, really important throughout this season, is that they're not allowing a lot after the catch. If they're in coverage and their guy catches the ball, the guy's going down. The The ball carrier's going down immediately. That's really important for a Colts defense that has really struggled in the past, my man, in tackling, in keeping those yak yards to a minimum. This is a big change, and I think that's what a lot of Colts fans and probably even a lot of analysts nation nationally are really kind of taking notice to, to his game. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Matt. I mean, Darius Leonard right now, 54 tackles, leads the league. He's got eight more than Kiko Alonso right now, which is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. You mentioned, Matt, and this is something that stunned me. When I was studying this Colts defense, you mentioned how they're a mostly covered two-team. I was blown away, Matt, with how much covered two they play. Is there a reason? Is it just a scheme preference or is it because of personnel? Why do you think they're such a he- covered two-heavy team?
1: I, you know, I've tried to kind of figure that out myself, to be honest with you. They they, they, they almost – it seems like they're almost exclusively a cover-two squad in this. They'll, they'll throw a little cover-three look in there occasionally. But I think one of the things that they're doing most, Mark, is, is they're really just rotating their personnel in here with, like, Matthias Farley. He'll come in. Sometimes he'll be, you know, in the big nickel. And sometimes he'll be in the back end and coverage in the big nickel. They've really got – uh, him, Hooker, and Gathers that they've really allowed to kind of uh, just kind of mobilize in any of those spots right there, which I think might be part of keeping you know uh, opposing offenses off kilter a little bit. That that's the beauty of those three. I think, in all honesty, is that they can all three play all three positions, and they're doing a pretty good job of it. I, I they I was surprised how much they would bring uh, Gethers down into the box. Uh, they they were going to use him for that, no doubt. But I'm surprised at how they were using him. They were bringing him down. And then the next series, you would see all three of those safeties in there in the nickel somehow, and then you would see Matthias Farley up in the box. It was really interesting to watch that I don't think they're doing, like, especially this week with Gronk. Now, this is kind of on a rundown here, but, I mean, just to kind of put that in, I think that might be something that could be effective as far as, not necessarily holding – we know we're not going to stop him. I mean, come on. Uh, but what they are going to do, I think, is they're going to throw multiple safeties at him. They're going to give him multiple looks, probably one of their more uh, physical guys, which is Gathers as well. But Farley's got a lot of physicality to him too, and I think they may just switch those guys on and off of him, give him a little bit of a different look. Uh, different looks in coverage, you know, different abilities with both of them, but they're both going to man up with him pretty tough at the line of scrimmage. It will be – I'll be really interested to see what the defensive coordinator, Matt Everflus has to throw at them with these three safeties. That kind of seems what they're wanting to do there, and everything really relies on that back-end coverage because of the corner situation that the Colts are in right now. Um, it, 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 every week is different, but it seems like Matt Everflus has a really good eye for the flow of the game. And I think that's helping Colts fans along with such a young defense that really a lot of people didn't have many expectations at all for this year.
0: Yeah, and Matt, you read my mind because that's where we're going to go next and sort of the Gronk factor. Now he's dealing with that ankle. Questionable if he's going to go both teams. Well, obviously the Colts seem to have a lot more in the way of injuries right now, but Gronk would be a big one if he can't go. But if he does, is that what you think? We're going to see a lot of multiple safety looks, a lot of multiple safety perhaps brackets or even true doubles on him to try to slow him down on Thursday night?
1: Yeah, I do, and, and one of the things that I think they like out of this linebacker group is their ability to get up and press, too, and kind of knock him off his route, and that would be kind of, I mean, the combination of those two being kind of liberal with the way that they uh, bring their safeties in and out and then d- deciding to maybe kind of switch it up and, and put a linebacker on him because they like the speed with Leonard. I don't think that Walker's quite the coverage guy there, But they've got a real physical guy in Matthew Adams. Now, he doesn't get a lot of snaps defensively. He's mostly a special teams guy, but he's a headhunter in there. And I think that they'll bring him in there and give him, you know, look, we need you to body up with this guy and, and keep him under under wraps a little bit inside of the first five yards. After that, I think, and this is also when Gronk, obviously, you know, this is when he's most deadly. So they're going to have to have a good release plan between him and the next line of coverage that will be absolutely pertinent for me but i think they're going to i mean it, and it's no this is no breaking news they're going to use both their linebackers right. and their safeties to guard him but i think that the way that they kind of move these guys in and out is going to be key and it's going to be fun i'm interested to see it myself because like right now it's i'm i'm he Everfluous kind of throws another wrinkle at us every week and we'll see something new not a lot of it but occasionally we'll see something new like for example this past week we saw Al Woods, the slowest D lineman of the group, was dropping into coverage, and the Colts were still getting pressure with just their three up front line, their free uh, three defensive linemen. That was something that we've not seen in the Colts' past, where their defensive line can actually get pressure with just those four. We see that one thing that we've seen consistently, uh, uh, consistently up front, is a lot of slants with that defensive line, which is is going to be something that there is is going to hurt them but it also helps them swallow up the running game as well um i I tell you honestly any kind of a patient running back back there is going to gash this this front just because of that it's a it's a it's a guess right and win and guess lose and lose bad uh type of defensive line and that's something that like i said everflute's kind of throwing these wrinkles in there every every so often And I'm anxious to see what he has in store for Gronk, if anything at all, if it's something new or if it's just we're just going to rely on the process with a short week.
0: You know, Matt, uh, listeners to this show know that we don't do a ton of the soap opera stuff on this show. (laughs) We kind of keep it between the lines. But I'll get you out of here on obviously the one sort of off the field soap opera type angle that can be a factor on Thursday night. And that is the Josh McDaniel saga that we sort of alluded to in the beginning. Is there sort of a feeling in Indianapolis around the Colts that this is a game that they might've circled on the calendar because of the fact that McDaniel sort of left Indianapolis on the Colts at the altar.
1: I think to an extent, I think the one guy that it doesn't even cross his mind is, is Frank Reich though. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of the things about him that, I really, really like about him. This guy is very much invested in each game. He's never too high, never too low. He's not a guy that honestly, I don't even think he cares because he felt he was the right, you know, he was, if he felt he was a head coaching candidate in the end, he ended up getting it. And I think Colts fans are really happy that it happened the way it it, it did. So I think if, if for some reason, let's say Frank was just a guy that nobody had any trust in fan base or team wise or, or otherwise, this might still be kind of a sore spot with Colts fans and beyond. I really don't think it is anymore, Mark. It's really interesting that almost, I mean, there's almost no talk about it whatsoever leading into this week. I mean, it's kind of a, it's, it's a little bit of a talking point, kind of like we are tonight right now, but it, it really, in, in all honesty, it's just, we we got the guy we want and it might be, but I don't think it'll be for anybody on the field. I don't mm-hmm. think it will be for uh, I don't think that it will be for, you know, the players, but it might be with Chris Ballard or some of those guys, but none of them are gonna be or have anything to do with anything on the field, so I don't think it'll play too much of a part at all.
0: Matt, fantastic stuff, my friend. Before I let you go, please plug what you're working on. We'll let people know where to find you, how to check out S B Colts Cast and all that good stuff.
1: Oh, you guys can check it out on iTunes, you guys can get it now. Um anytime on Stampede Blue, you can check me out at, uh, at m dainley sb on Twitter. I mean, it, that it's about it. I've I've kind of pulled myself Mark into you know one project and one project only uh, with Stampede Blue. Uh, anything written on there, we'll go through the podcast. We're doing three or four a week, so that's fun. Nice to do those. We've got some interesting things coming up with that as well. A lot of interesting things. Stephen Holder is jumping on to be another host here uh, on our channel. So a lot of good things coming our way. I'm excited about it. It's a lot of fun covering a team this year with Andrew Luck back and new coaching staff and some some interesting and fun defensive players to kind of really kind of build your future on.
0: That's fantastic stuff. Great work here, my friend. Please check out Matt and his work. Go doing some great stuff over there over at Stampede Blue, part of the SB Nation family of websites. That would do it for today's show. I will be back tomorrow. It is already our game day edition tomorrow, Thursday. Getting you ready for Thursday night. Until then, keep it locked right here to me, Mark Schofield, and Locked on Patriots.